This is the day with Pastor Wade Scarborough. It is our prayer that something is said or done to make your walk through this journey called life a little lighter and brighter. You can follow Pastor Wade at Real Pastor Wade on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. He looks forward to walking with you on this journey together to breakthrough, victory, redemption. Pastor Wade is anointed and experienced in multiple areas of life. God uses him to have us look at our challenges in ways we may never have seen before. Now the moment we've all been waiting for, Pastor Wade Scarborough. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to This is the Day with Pastor Wade Scarborough. It is an honor and privilege that you have taken the time out of your life to walk with me on this journey that we call life. For those joining us for the very first time, let me welcome you and let you know what This Is The Day is all about. This show is about discussing various topics that we as the church body, even if you're in church or not out of, or out of church, we talk about not only can't talk about on Sundays or at a Bible study or shut down from talking about it all together because of the sensitive nature of the subject. All of us, no matter what we think, feel or believe without judgment and not made to feel like your feelings or opinion are not valid here on This Is The Day with Pastor Wade. Let's have another conversation about relationships, whether it be personal, romantic, business, spiritual, everything. Remember this, everything begins and ends with the quality of your relationships. Even the so-called self-made millionaire, which by the way, there's no such thing because they still need customers. No matter what field you're in, whether you're single, married, in a relationship, will have to be formed to get from where you are to where you want to be. We are all created to be in relationship or in connection with other people. If you ever want to know where you are in your life, start evaluating yourself and start grading the quality of your relationships. Let's review our conversation from last time, episode one. Uh, we talked about uh, principle one of relationship is agreement. It is impossible to walk through life with another unless the celebration of common values is present. Remember, we talked about Amos 3.3. How can two walk together unless they agree to do so? Remember, we also talked about the quality of life is almost completely dependent upon those that we call friends. Always remember, what do we also say? Friends will either make you bitter or friends will make you better. Remember that the principle one of the relationship is agreement. We also discussed are non-negotiables. Remember about an agreement? So there's non-negotiables. So non-negotiables would be the framework of how your relationships will be built. It would be that empty glass. Before we can pour in the, the nutrients or whatever we're about to drink out of this glass, the framework of this glass has to be set. These are the non-negotiables. So some of the non-negotiables were, uh, you gotta have integrity in every relationship. That you have no relationship if there is no integrity in it. What did we say? You must prize integrity above relationship. Also, we said the second was you got to have a giving attitude. You got to be a giver and your attitude has to be of giving. What do we say? Whatever you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. And remember, we said the world says a relationship is 50 50 or give and take. Well, uh, that's not true. Uh, relationship is 100 100. Remember that. Also, uh, you can't be. A relationship can't be give and taking. It's either give or take. Relationship uh, giving and taking are on the opposite side. One is giving, the other is taking. But you can be giving and receiving. 
those are on the same side. That's reciprocity. Also, we talked about the third one was unwavering commitment to the truth. You got to have truth in a relationship. Remember what we said. We said the level of commitment to truth determines the level of intimacy that two can ever have to enjoy in any relationship. We said number four was a long-term vision or perspective. Remember, every relationship is either drawing you closer to or further from God's perfect will for your life. We said number five was relentless pursuit of being distinctly different. Always surround yourself with those who will take you beyond where you are today. Yeah, 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 yeah. Also, we talked about of the non-negotiables. Uh, you must have a win-win mentality. Why would you want to be in a relationship that somebody always has a win-lose mentality or a lose-lose mentality? Also, we discussed principle two, which is uh, of the successful relationship with connecting to the great. Remember, we said there's three types of people. The yesterday person, remember? The yesterday person is the one that always talking about the past and holding you there. Uh, we talked about the today person, the person that accepts who you are today, but usually won't allow you to or gets upset if God promotes you or you get elevated in front of them. What we want is we want those tomorrow people in our life. The tomorrow people are the people that are going somewhere. Remember, we also talked about the 10 keys to connecting to the great. We talked about the protege, remember, the next. or we, And we talked about the prodigal mentality, which is the person that's recklessly extravagant. We will talk about today principles three and four of the 10 in this episode, 10 principles for successful relationships, the how to's and what to do's, the rules of engagement of a relationship. After this series, you will be clear of how to have the one, two, threes of how to have a healthy relationship, keeping healthy boundaries and healthy mindset about relationships you make in the future. There are 10 principles we focused on in this series. We will not get through all 10 uh, in one show. This is part two of four of this series. Remember, we interact here with each other on This Is The Day with Pastor Wade. So make sure you follow me on all social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, at Real Pastor Wade. That's Wade is spelled W-A-I-D with your questions or comments. Well, as usual, we are in the plane and we are ready to take off. Are your seat and tray tables in the upright positions? Look at your neighbor. If you're with somebody and say, you ready? You look back at them and say, I'm ready. Then let's go. Now, before we go into principle three of uh, for a successful relationship, I want to set the tone with the scripture from Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. That segues from principle two of connecting to greatness to principle three. Remember, we ended the last segment with six things that need to remain present to stay connected to the great. And I'll remind you what these six were. These six were, you got to be faithfulness. You need faithfulness. Kindness, you got to have kindness. Loyalty, oh my goodness, there's nothing worse than somebody that's unloyal. Protection, what does that mean? Love is confirmed by the willingness to protect those around you. You got to be willing to protect those around you. Also, humility, be humble. There's a, a lot of you are skilled, you're gifted, you're anointed for many different things, but always maintain humility, especially when you're going to stay connected to people that are great as well. Humility must be present. Also, the last one is discretion. 
The person of discretion understands that future consequences are the result of present actions. Look, if you're going to be connected to great people and you're going to be great yourself, you're going to want to have to have discretion. You can't be telling all your business, having people going outside your camp, telling your business, you telling their business. Let's have some kind of discretion. You're going to have to need, you're going to need discretion in any kind of maintaining a relationship with anybody great. For those that believe in God, there are some things that must be present in order to be in a relationship and connect to God's greatness. Let me read Proverbs 6, 16 through 19, and it says, I want to get you guys to see something here, what God thinks about people, a relationship. If you want to stay connected to God, accessing the great. So we believe God is great. So what are his criteria? Let's see. It says, these six things does the Lord hate. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. Now, I know abomination is a biblical word. That's a that's a huge word. So the, some of you may not know what abomination means. Let me tell you what it means. It means intense aversion or loathing. Loathing. Ah, that's a tough word right there. Detestation. Have you ever detested anything? Or it can mean vile or shameful, uh, detestable action, a condition or a habit. So... Here we're reading a scripture that says this is God's non-negotiables, his conditions. If you're going to stay connected to him, you cannot have these things. So it says six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are abominations to him. Then it says a proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift and running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among the brethren. Now, wait a minute. Let's come on. Let's park right there, ladies and gentlemen. Let's talk about this for a second. So here we're talking about uh, non-negotiables. Here we're talking about the principle of agreement in episode one. Here we're talking about connecting to the great, which is principle two. Now, here we're talking about, remember, we also said there are rules to enter and remain in every relationship. Well, let's move down from God for a minute. Let's talk about you. This is God saying, one, I don't like anybody with a proud look. Oh, my goodness. My question to you, ladies and gentlemen, do you want somebody that is prideful and has a proud look in relationship with you? Or do you want somebody that has humility? What about a lying tongue? Whoa, whoa. You want to know the reason why you hate a liar? Because God hates a liar. And if somebody is lying constantly, that means truth is never present. Then if you need to know something from them, you can never get the honest truth from them. So they have a lying tongue. Their way of speaking, their way of living, the way they talk is just a lie. What about, do you want hands that shed innocent blood? Do you want people around that just murder people for no good reason? I'm not talking about people in self-defense where somebody got you pinned up in a corner and therefore it's you or them because they are violating your space. No, 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 no. I'm talking about people that shed innocent blood just because. Why would you have people that are evil or mean like that around you? What about a heart that devises wicked schemes? Wait a minute. The haters. The heart that devises wicked schemes. Good God almighty. Do you want somebody that that's all they do is plan uh, to get over on somebody, uh, how to get ill-gotten gain. That's all they're about, devising wicked schemes. Wait a minute, this is God saying he doesn't like this. But my question is, do you want somebody around you in your relationships like that? What about the next one God says? He says, feet that are swift and running to evil. Man, 
I know we didn't have that person, that girl or guy in our life that always, when some go down, they always running toward it. We cannot have these people in their life. We're trying to go in one direction, move forward. We want to go upward, not downward. Always run into evil. Always want to gossip. Oh, man, did I, I'm sorry. That slipped out. I should have said gossip. That just keep talking. That don't have no discretion. Or the last one he says, what about a false witness who speaks lies? I find this interesting. Remember, we said earlier, a lying tongue. Then here it goes, a false witness who speaks lies. So lying is in there twice. So not only did he say the six things I hate, seven are abomination to me, but lying is in there twice. So I guess people that lie should not be in our camp. I'm not saying somebody, you know, like we say that little white lie, like, you know, they telling you, hey, yeah, the color is not, uh, you see the sky is blue, but they want to tell you it's purple. No, we're talking about everything that come out of their mouth is a lie. Like their lifestyle they live is a lie. Every time they speak, there is no truth that comes out of them. That is what you call uh, somebody that's a liar. And then what about this last one? And one who sows discord among brethren. That is a major one right there. Why would you want anybody or be in uh, any kind of relationship, whether personal, business, or romantic? Why would you be in any relationship with a person that sows discord? I find it interesting. It says sows discord. So Basically, when you talk about soul, that is a farming word. So soul means like they're planting something. So all they do is plant seeds of discord to cause division. Have you ever tried to, uh, a group or you tried to do something and there's only that one person trying to hold the group back and then, or that whisperer in the group? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That person that soars discord. Why would you keep people like that around you in any of your relationships? What are your thoughts? We didn't said a whole bunch just in review and then also what God thinks about his non-negotiables in relationship. What are your thoughts? Is there any cleaning up you need to do in your personal, romantic, or business relationships? You can answer these questions or give your thoughts in my comment section on This Is The Day Facebook page or post your answers on my Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Real Pastor Wade. Wade is spelled W-A-I-D. And make sure you put hashtag this is the day. Remember also post any subject titles you'd like to discuss on this is the day Facebook page. Now, let's move into principle three. Principle three for a successful relationship is the word covenant. Now, I know somebody just said, ooh, he just got all Bible on me. He just got all biblical. No, but covenant is a very strong word. It's a purposeful word. It's a reason for that. Not a, not a promise, a covenant. And let me tell you, for those that are not familiar with Bible, that uh, uh, say that's too big of a word, I, you need to bring it home. Let me tell you what the definition of covenant is. A covenant is a solemn agreement be between two act together in harmony with the precepts of the gospel. So that means uh, people that these are for believers, for those that believe in God, that believe in the gospel, uh, which is in the Bible, they act in harmony based on these precepts. Now, let's just take it to the world. What would the world view as a covenant? The world views a covenant as a formal agreement, a legal validity, uh, especially one under a seal. Now, that's interesting. It's a formal agreement that's valid, and then it's sealed. So it's other than one took God out of it, 
Basically, it's a seal. It's a, a connection. It's a way of living that two people say they're going to live by this way. Did you know? Character ensures the integrity of any covenant. Without character, a covenant cannot and will not last. Let me say that again for somebody. Character ensures the integrity of any covenant. Without character, covenant cannot and will not last. Remember this, a healthy relationship is marked by two who can walk in covenant. Let me read you a quick scripture here in 1 Samuel 18, 1 through 3, to explain this a little better. Now, when he had finished speaking to Saul, this is talking about David, the soul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Saul took him that day and would not let him go home to his father's house. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. Now listen to me here. Here is uh, Jonathan and David. Saul is the king at this time. David is the would-be, soon-to-be king. But Saul has a son, and his name is Jonathan. Jonathan felt instantly connected with David after hearing David speak. So what happens is their, it says their soul was knit together. It's the, and, they, and they begin to talk and begin, begin to build a friendship. As they begin to build a friendship, they start to make a covenant with each other. They said, look, I love you just as if you were me. He says, I, I'm loving myself or I'm loving you the way I love myself. Kind of like love your neighbor as yourself. Treat others like you want to be treated as it says in the, the New Testament. Understand this, in Ecclesiastes 4.9, it says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to need people in some way, shape, or form. The question is, are you going to have good people around you or are you going to have those bad people around you? That is the question. Did you know we must find the covenant people of life and embrace them, hold on to them, Stay with them and never give them up. Here's the thing about people that you're in covenant with. No matter how bad it gets, they'll never leave you. No matter what, what you say, what you do. Look, I love uh, if me and my friends have a disagreement or a fight in a relationship. That's great because now the relationship is now tested. See, we don't like conflict sometimes. And conflict is okay because conflict also is room for growth. So what happens is if you're arguing with somebody or you guys are in disagreement and you are in covenant with each other because you guys are in covenant with each other that demands that you guys work it out because just because y'all are in a disagreement about a certain subject doesn't mean you guys are not going in the same direction anymore you guys just have two different opinions so what happened is a covenant says we just don't walk away from each other just because you don't agree with me i don't agree with you no the covenant says look we're gonna walk through this together and we're gonna figure this out together Remember this, covenant is no more than a lifelong commitment to bring good into the life of another. We have to bring good into one life into another. If you're talking about you're going to have people around you and they are, and you around them, why wouldn't you bring good into their life? And why wouldn't you have somebody that brings good into your life? Uh, a lot of relationships are holding on because people are having people around them that bring no good to them whatsoever. Hey, ladies. Ladies, you had that guy hanging around way too long and he brings you no good. 
Uh oh. Oh, fellas, where my dogs at? Ever had a, the girl around, women around, or even your homeboys around that are up to no good and that bring you no good in your life? I'm just saying. <laughs> Understand this God has conditions to be in his uh, relation with him. Now, somebody's saying, well God, well, God is unconditional. He loves me unconditionally. Well, you're absolutely correct. He does. But there's conditions. He, his God's unconditionality has conditions. Understand this. In all of the Bible, the word if is mentioned over 1,500 times. So what does the word if mean? I'm glad you asked. The word if means an uncertain possibility. So that means if this happens, some, this will happen. It's a contractual word. Let me read you something from Deuteronomy 28 and 1 and also Isaiah 1 and 20. And it says, now it shall come to pass if, uh-oh, there's that word if, now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments, which I will command you today that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. Wait a minute. Then drop down to Isaiah 1 through 1 and 20. But if you refuse, oh boy, wait a minute, there's if again. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So wait a minute. I thought God was unconditional. He is unconditional. He just has some conditions. Here I just took a glimpse Two different scriptures, two different chapters from one book, Deuteronomy, and another Isaiah. One said, as long as you obey and do what I say to be in this relationship, look, you'll have it all. The other one says, but if you refuse and rebel, you'll be devoured by the sword, meaning my protection won't be on, meaning that you won't be connected to the great anymore, meaning that we don't have a covenant with each other. Are you starting to get the picture a little bit here? Did you know? To want the benefits of a covenant without embracing the conditions of it, it is breaking it all at its best. Let me say that again. Let me help somebody. Somebody going to get free right now to want the benefits of a covenant. So if you want the benefits of being in covenant with somebody, but you don't embrace its conditions, remember, and there's rules to enter and also remain in a relationship, you're breaking the whole thing at its best. So it doesn't matter what relationship you're in. If you guys are in covenant, if you guys are going in the same direction, whether marriage, whether just a boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, you guys are in a covenant with each other. Friendships, business, whatever, whoever you make covenant with, if you guys don't embrace the conditions of being in that covenant or understand the rules to enter and remain in that covenant, you're breaking the whole thing at its best. You might as well not even continue. Let's talk about character. Character ensures the integrity of any covenant what does character mean character means moral or ethical quality your reputation wait a minute reputation reputation is everything ladies and gentlemen even jesus asked peter who did you say that i am that's a reputation question even if it was good enough for the lord to say who do you say that i am then why don't we care what our re reputation is with other people? Why don't we care about what other people's reputation is in the world? Why don't we care about those things? Reputation is everything. I know somebody saying, well, I don't care what people think. Well, praise the Lord for that. 
but you're going to have to care in some way, shape or form because you're going to need somebody. I don't care what you're doing. Somebody's shaking their head. No, I'm not. Yes, you too. Yes, you are. You're going to need somebody in one way, shape or form. So your reputation, who you are matters. Let's move on. Any covenant to be effective must have declarations or affirmations. So here, let me give you to uh, some ways that you got to be effective. One, for believers, God must be first. God has to be first place without question. He has to be first place because you're going to need a, a foundation to start the relationship on. This is one of the big things about uh, when people get in relationships, boyfriend and girlfriends and things like that, they're going out on a date. You know, usually in our society, people are caring about how other person looks or how much money they make and what they do for a living. And those all matter too. Not saying, but the ultimate thing that should matter because you're going to need that foundation. You're going to need that center of the wheel. You're going to need the, something to build the relationship on. That's going in that same direction, having that same mindset. Well, if you guys both believe in God, both believe in his precepts, both believe in the way he wants us to live, both believe in loving your neighbor as yourself, both believe in treating your neighbor as you want to be treated, you, that is something to build on. So if you have that in place, then your covenant with whoever you're with can be effective. Even in business, if they don't have integrity or, or character, why, why would you want to be in business like that? The second thing to be effective in a covenant is you got a, a pledge to protect. I'm going to read uh, Luke 6:31 to you. And it says, and it's just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Uh-oh. So one, you must put God first. That's going to be your center priest. I recommend it. If you don't believe in God, if you talk about the universe and all that kind of stuff, well, praise God for that. But there is a supreme being no matter what you call him. So in this session, we're calling him God. So you must have a centerpiece, which is God. Then you got to be have a pledge to protect those around you. So you got to declare that, look, as, as you just want men to do to you, you must do to them likewise and be kind to one another. Be tenderhearted. Forgive one another. That means when they wrong you, forgive them. Even as God forgiving you. Now, now let's be honest, ladies and gentlemen. We've all done wrong. And how many people, times have people forgiven you and you know you was wrong? But yet, if somebody do something to you, you don't forgive them. And somebody forgave you. I'm just saying. Next one is the promise of the truth. I'm going to read uh, Proverbs uh, 17, 17, and also 27, 5 through 6. And it says, we're talking about the promise of truth. We're also talking about uh, for any covenant to be effective, you got to have declarations. And the third one is the promise of truth. The first one was God must be first. The second one was pledged to protect. And also now the third one of that is a friend loves at all times. And a brother is born for adversity. Open rebuke is better than love carefully concealed. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. So look, a friend going to love you at all times, even through your adversity. Matter of fact, 
they're a friend at one minute. Then when adversity hits, I find it interesting. The scripture says now they're a brother or a sister. So when somebody sticks around, they get promoted, especially if there's adversity, they get promoted from being your friend to now your brother or sister. Then it says, talk about open rebuke is, is better than love carefully concealed. Look, it, look, it's okay if somebody uh, checks you. It's okay. As long as it's done in love, as long as it's not done in an embarrassing fat, uh, fashion, as long as it's done in love for the betterment of the relationship, the betterment of, of that person or the betterment of you, that's okay. You want that kind of open rebuke because if with that kind of truth present, it's no, the, the sky is only the beginning to where your relationship can go. Also, number four, vow never to leave. Vow never to leave. See, this is where that covenant comes in. See, this is where now we didn't went through some adversity. Now the promise of truth is there. We just talked about the open rebuke. Look, now this is that vow never to leave. Remember, we talked about in episode one, uh, Ruth 1, 16 through 17. And it said, but Ruth said, entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. And for wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. And then she also says, where you die, I die. And there I will be buried. The Lord do so to me and more also anything but death parts you and me. That's a, woo, ladies and gentlemen, that is a strong covenant right there. You talking about a vow right there. You talking about, if you don't know Ruth and Naomi, that story, uh, I would I would tell you to go read that story. You're talking about staying connected to the great. You're talking about practicing healthy relationship. This is a mother-in-law, daughter-in-law uh, relationship. This is a daughter-in-law that says, I'm not going to leave you. She says, I see so much in you. Even if though you don't have a son, another son to give me to marry, that your people will be my people. She's saying your God will be my God. Well, my goodness, are you in a relationship like that where you would say, where you are in a covenant with somebody like that? That's a strong relationship right there. That, that relationship to, can go to the highest heights. That's the kind of relationships that you want to have in your life where you can count on people like that. And even though uh, Naomi believed in the one true God and uh, Ruth didn't do that uh, blindly, but just looking at the relationship part saying, hey, look, wherever you go, I go. Wherever you die, I die. Your people will be my people. She's saying your religion will be my religion. Yo, every, whatever you do, I'm doing. That's the kind of people we, we want to have in our life. We're, we're all helping each other. Next point. What are your thoughts? Who are you in covenant with as far as personal, romantic, and or business? Are all your relationships healthy? You can answer this question or give your thoughts in my comment section on this is the day Facebook page or post your answers on my Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Real Pastor Wade. Wade is spelled W-A-I-D and make sure you put hashtag this is the day. Ladies and gentlemen, we cover principle three of relationship, covenant, and having character and integrity. Now let's continue with our conversation about principle number four. Uh, we're about to even go deeper, ladies and gentlemen. You're gonna love this one. Principle four for a successful relationship is purpose. Yeah, that word purpose. Remember this, 
The celebration of any relationship is dependent upon the clear definition of purpose and vision. There's a scripture in Habakkuk uh, that is in the Old Testament of the Bible. Habakkuk is spelled H-A-B-A-K-K-U-K. And it's Habakkuk 2-2. And it says, then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. Now, ladies and gentlemen, listen to me now. Ladies and gentlemen, principle four for a successful relationship is purpose. We just said the celebration of any relationship is dependent upon the clear definition of purpose and vision. So here is the Bible talking about, it's gotta be so clear that if you write it down, make it plain on the tablets that whoever reads it can just run with it. My question is, is any of your relationships that clear? Are there that clear boundaries? Are there that clear of uh, rules to enter and remain in relationship? When, if somebody was to ask about you, would they say you're a man or woman of integrity, of vision, uh, you tell the truth? What would they say about you? And then also, what is the purpose of your relationship? Is there a clear definition? Do we know where this relationship is going? Like, for example, for those that uh, want to uh, talking about being married, what is the clear definition? What is the purpose of relationship? Okay, are we just gonna be boyfriend or girlfriend or are we gonna get married? Now, after we get married, where do you see yourself in five years? Where do you see yourself in 10 years? Do you guys wanna be homeowners? Do you want children? How many children? Make the, Write it down and make it plain. These are all questions you should have. Ask yourselves in relationship, in business. What is the purpose of this business? Look, how much money we gonna make? What is the company's vision? What is the company's goals? You have to have these kind of things for any relationship to be successful. Remember this, a crucial factor in all healthy and thriving relationship is the purpose of relationship. I said, a crucial factor in all healthy and thriving relationship is the purpose of relationship. You gotta have purpose. What is the purpose of this relationship? I, I could just see somebody now. Somebody gonna be a man or woman gonna be going out to dinner, and one somebody go listening to this gonna say to the other person, y'all just gonna just be eating your food and y'all gonna look at each other and go. Somebody gonna say, what's the purpose of this relationship? <laughs> and you should, because right now if you ask, if you, especially if you're not married, ask the person that you're with right now what is the purpose of this relationship. I guarantee you. 80 to 90% of the time, they couldn't tell you what the purpose of the relationship, where the relationship was going. I guarantee you they couldn't tell you that. Here's some food for thought. What are the qualifications of being in a relationship with you? Have you ever thought about that? You not only want to meet someone's expectation, but you also want to exceed them. Have you had a relationship where someone is going in the opposite direction of you? Oh man, I know we didn't. I know somebody listening right now has had that. Have you ever? been a relationship where someone is going in the opposite direction, where you got to pull them, where you always got to talk them into whatever the dream, the goal, the vision is, or there's nothing worse, especially convincing somebody every day to want to be with you, to want to stay with you. Oh my goodness. Remember this, it is impossible for the enemy to plot your destruction. So what the enemy does is carefully plans your distractions. An example is like in 1 Kings 11, 1 and 2 with uh, Solomon. Solomon was other than Jesus. Solomon, as far as uh, being human, uh, was the wisest man to ever live. So what happened is the enemy know, knew that he could never destroy Solomon. So what he did was he found out what Solomon's weakness was. 
One of Solomon's weaknesses or distraction is Solomon loved pretty. Solomon loved power. So Solomon loved a lot of women. He had a thousand women. So what happened is these women uh, started to uh, widen his gaze and only look have be not look at God anymore. I should say not widen his gaze, shorten his gaze. So instead of him staying concentrated on God, they started to have him. He was worshiping all kinds of stuff, not focusing as he usually was. His wisdom was getting muddied and distorted. Why? Because he had distractions in life. What kind of distractions are in your life? What kind of weaknesses is the enemy exposing in your life? Is it any of your relationships, whether it's your friendships? Is it in your romantic relationships? Uh, is it in your business relationships? Where are your distractions at? Remember this, God wants exclusivity. So if God wants exclusivity in a relationship, why, why do you think you get it from exclusivity? We want to be totally exclusive with whoever we're with. We want to be their number one. We want to be their go-to, their best friend. Whatever. We want those things as well. Always remember, poor or wrong relationships are our main distraction tool. Poor or wrong relationships are our main distraction tool. So if you have poor relationships, those are distractions, major distracting tools. Remember, 50% of divorces uh, happen not only in the United States, but even with people that are so-called Christians. Uh, when you talk about uh, these are covenants, these are vows that they made, 50%, just in California alone, 60%, the divorce rate is 60% high. Now, remarriage is not wrong. You are to, but if you do remarry, you remarry, you want to remarry someone that believes in God or believes in the same things that you believe, that you guys are going in the same direction. You shouldn't be have to tugging and pulling in every single relationship. That's why you're supposed to be in one mindset. Always remember, evil will try and distract you with people. People are a distraction, good God almighty. Look, they, they can be. Uh, you trying to? I know some of you out there try to do something, focus on your career, focus on whatever you're trying to focus on, and then people that are around you that don't have the same mindset or understand what you're trying to do, what happens is they can become a distraction. So what happens is uh, you end up trying to cut them off, and then when you cut them off, you, they say that you're mean. Well, you're not mean, you're just focused. And all they would do, if they would just change their mindset a little bit, they would have an understanding of what you're actually trying to accomplish. Always remember, the people in your life are either drawing you closer to God or drawing you away from God. Or, for those that don't believe in God, they're either drawing you closer to your purpose or drawing you away from your purpose or your destiny. Number two, you got to have truth, not error. Must be celebrated, core of any relationship. Psalms 119 and 63 says, I am a companion of all of them that fear thee and of them that keep thy precepts. Wait a minute now. Hold on. Wait a minute. If truth and not error must be celebrated, must be the celebrated core of any relationship. And here in Psalms, here is David talking about, I am a companion of them that fear thee and of them that keep thy precepts. So he's saying, look, because I believe in you, God, you can use this as a sample because I believe in you, God. I only want people that also believe in you and that understand your precepts because that's how I, that's how I live my life. So what happens is if I have somebody with me that believes in you also that understands your precepts, just like I understand your precepts, that means our relationship can move forward. 
Oh boy. Be careful. Listen to me now. Be careful of the man or woman who always speaks of intimacy. Remember we said intimacy into me, you see. Open, honest, and transparent. Be careful of the man or woman who always speaks of intimacy, but yet live in anonymity. Woo, my goodness, my goodness. Man, I, somebody needed to shout amen right there. If you always have people around you and they always talk about, yeah, we gonna be close and can we get close and all that kind of stuff, but yet, they're, they live in anonymity. You, they're this international man or woman of mystery. You know nothing about them. They're never open, honest, and transparent about anything. That is a clear, uh, that is a warning sign. That is a red flag. And eh, 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 the buzzer's going off. No, 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 no. Be careful. Uh, I can't repeat that enough. Be careful of the man or woman who always speaks about it, that always talking about it. What we say on the street, talk about it. Don't talk about it, be about it. They always talking about it, but never uh, actually showing you anything. Talk a great game, but when it comes down to who they are, you don't know. Third one, the picture of your future is taken with the people of your present. Uh-oh, wait a minute now. The picture of your future is taken with the people of your present. Remember we said in episode one, Proverbs 13, 20, he who walks with wise men will be wise but the companion of fools will be destroyed. Remember we said that. So if you wanna know what your future is gonna look like, why don't you take a snapshot of all your relationships right now? Matter of fact, when you listen to this, when, when you're engaging in this, when you're talking with this about with your friends, I want you to take a picture, literal picture, a mental picture of every relationship you have. As soon as you hear this, I that everything should be going through your mind of everything. And I want you to take a snapshot of your relationship and you tell me exactly what does your future looks like based on the snapshot you just took of your relationships. Ooh, good God almighty. And then please hit me up on my Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You got to let me know at Real Pastor Wade, W-A-I-D. Let me know exactly what you came up with that. That is huge. Remember this, future picture is what you're living today. So look, what that picture is gonna tell you is exactly what you're gonna be living in the future. So if you don't have any healthy relationships right now, you're not gonna have any healthy relationships in the future. If you have healthy relationships right now, you'll have healthy relationships in the future. Where Take a picture of all your relationships right now, whether business, personal, or romantic, take a picture right now, it'll tell you exactly what your future is gonna be. Remember this, circumstance of your future are built by relationships of your present. Oh my goodness. The circumstances of your future are built by relationships of your present. So remember we talked about connecting to the great, staying connected or having access to them, uh, getting from, those are the people that are getting from you from where you are to where you need to be. We talked about the tomorrow people right here. So the, in that glimpse, in that picture, the circumstances of your future are built by relationship of your present. So this is accounting for how many tomorrow people that you have in your life right now. How many people are in your life that are, can help you get from where you are to where you want to be? Or are you in somebody's life to where you should be helping them get from where they are to where they want to be? Oh, that is a whole, whoo, that hurt my head right there, ladies and gentlemen. That is another one right there. 
Sometimes it's not about somebody just helping you get from where you are to where you need to be. It's, all, it's about you helping them get from where they are to where they need to be. Yeah, reciprocity. I know. I didn't write these rules. I'm just telling you. I'm just saying. Reciprocity has a funny thing of working out that way. What are your thoughts? What are your qualifications on being in a relationship with you? Oh, this is where you're going to take the pictures. Hmm. You can answer these questions or give your thoughts in my comment section on this is a Facebook page or post your answers on my Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Real Pastor Wade. That's W-A-I-D. And make sure you put that hashtag. This is a day. Matter of fact, the first five people that do that, I'm going to send you a, a copy of all this on the paper. So you're going to send me your email and stuff like that. We'll talk in private. I'll send you something just for doing that because I want to I want to hear about your relationships. Also, ladies and gentlemen, before we close with the final word, let me give you eight essential things needed to build strong unity. Also, remember, you may not get all of this in one sitting. So replay these episodes of our relationship and listen to them. Send to your friends you're in relationship with so you all can be on the same page. Here are some essential abilities to build strong unity. This is going to help you somebody right now. You should write this down if you don't have any pencil or paper. Matter of fact, listen to this again. Fast forward to this part if need be. Make sure you have these. You should put it on your wall. I'm telling you, screenshot it. Have a screensaver. I'm telling you, these are going to help you. All right. The eight essential abilities to build a strong uh, unity in relationship is you got to have the ability to submit. Uh-oh. I know. I didn't say the wrong word right there. What, what are you talking about? There you go. I'm talking about submit again. Well, yeah, you, we, we all have to submit. And Philippians 2, 3 through 5 says this. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. You're going to have to submit. Because remember, I said you're not just submitting to each other, you're submitting to the relationship. Because what happens is when God sees that you're, especially like, let me use the marriage, for example. What happens is it's not about, you know, uh, women have a problem when, uh, when it says love, honor, and obey sometimes in uh, the wedding vows. Well, honestly, what that means is not, it's not about him telling you what to do. It's about there's a divine order in marriage. He is supposed to, he is the head. He is the covering. So therefore you're the body. So there cannot be two heads. By his divine right, he is the head of the household. He is the head of the body. You are the body. So what happens is you guys are supposed to be working uh, accordingly together. You're supposed to work together at it. So the body can't go anywhere the head doesn't go, and the head can't go anywhere that the body doesn't go. But what happens is there has to be a divine order. So you both are submitting to the marriage. You both are submitting to the relationship. And then also when it talks about submission, when it talks about uh, a woman submitting to a man, it's not talking about is she's just obeying you. What that means is a word called hupotasso. That word means uh, voluntary submission based on respect. Now, fellas, if you want a woman, want a woman's respect and you want her to voluntarily do it, you can't make her do it. Voluntarily do it. Y'all better listen to me now. You got to make sure you're acting accordingly to where you're something that she would want to respect. Oh, boy. I'm sorry. Did I just lose my fellas right there? Look, if 
that's the thing about in relationship when I counsel couples, sometimes uh, I get men in there that they be like, well, she just don't submit, she don't listen, nothing like that. And then when I start hearing the story about maybe what he does or uh, how he acts in relationships, stuff like that, I'm like, I have to say, bro, you're not giving her anything. Why would she submit to that? Why would she basically give you, she doesn't respect you, so therefore she's not gonna submit to you. So I'm just saying, even in a business relationship, you're going to have to submit to the rules of that relationship. Whatever the business is, you're going to have, both of you are going to have to submit. Whoever's in charge, even the CEO has to submit to the company. Even though the CEO is running the company, has to submit to the company. Oh boy. Next thing, remember this: submission is the willingness to bow your knee before men in order to satisfy the requirements of heaven. See, it's not about bowing just before men. What happens is God looks at it when you're able to submit in a relationship. He's like, oh, wow. So they get it about it's about being in service. They get it about it's not they're not submitting to a man or woman. They're submitting to me. They're submitting to a higher power. Number two, the ability to desire to serve. Yeah, that's what's missing in a lot of uh, relationships is uh, service service on both parties and i'm not talking about guys your woman going to make you something to eat cooking and all that kind of i'm not talking about that i'm talking about the ability to want to just serve each other make sure that each other is happy or even in in a business like corporations one of the problems is right now in corporations is uh this is the relationship it's called linear they pay you enough just enough so you don't leave and you work hard enough to where you don't get fired. Now, what kind of relationship is that? So they're pay paying you barely enough, then you're not giving uh, your total effort because you know you're being underpaid, so you just go work hard enough so they don't, so you're not on their radar, so you don't get fired. But that's not really service. So you gotta understand this, in Luke 22, 27, it says, for who is greater? He who sits at the table or he who serves? Is it not? who sits at the table, yet I am among you as the one who serves. Understand this, if Jesus, the man, the Lord, the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, our chief intercessor, the bread of life, the true vine, if the alf, the lion of the tribe of Judah, if he is here and he says he came to serve, why can't we come to serve? Even Jesus washed the disciples' feet, and he was, he was, when you talk about power, he was the most powerful of all of them, but he's washing their feet because the great ones are the ones that are serving. You always remember those that serve. Remember this, the attitude of a servant determines the atmosphere of the palace. Woo, let me say that again. I love it. The attitude of the servant determines the atmosphere of the palace. Look. I always say the servant knows everything that's going on in the palace more than what the king and the queen know because the servant has access to everything. In schools, the principal is not the most powerful person in the school. You know who's the most powerful person in the school? It's the custodian. Whoever the janitor is, whoever is the one that has every key, that is the most powerful person in that school. That is the person that sets the atmosphere of the school. Make sure the school is clean. Make sure doors are open. Make sure teachers, uh, the gates are open so the teachers can park. Remember this, if you have the attitude of a servant, 
You can determine, you can set the atmosphere for the whole palace. Oh boy. Number three, and we almost done. The ability to support. And that's Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. And it says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if I lie down together, they will keep warm. And how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a threefold cord is not easily broken. My goodness, ladies and gentlemen, that speaks for itself. Two is always better than one. That's why I said, well, it's better for me to be alone. Well, not really. Maybe for a time, but not totally alone. Because look, what if something happened? What if you at the house and something happened and you can't get to your phone, you fall or something? Look, even somebody there to help you up is a good thing. I mean, two is better than one. Two people going in the same direction. Two people that think the same way. Two people that are in agreement. Two people that are connecting because they're both are great. Two people that, look, I'm here to make sure you have the best out of your life and you're here to make sure that I'm having the best out of my life. Two is better than one. Next thing, number four, the ability to communicate. Oh my goodness. Communication. Uh, really, none of this means anything if you don't communicate truthfully. You got to communicate. Stop holding stuff in. Guys, you're walking around like ticking time bombs sometime, holding in. Uh, what uh, The stresses of life is getting on your nerve. And then all of a sudden you want to explode on somebody uh, because you keep holding in. You have no one to talk to. You, you think talking to somebody is uh, you, you're weak or something. That's not the truth. Communicate. Ladies, communicate what's going on. Guys, when she communicates to you uh, what's going on with her, stop trying to fix it. She's not worried about if you can fix it right there. She wants to know if she's being hurt. Communicate with each other. Know each other's love language. Know how to talk to each other. Don't talk at each other. Talk with each other. Number five, the ability to understand. And all thy getting, get understanding. You gotta understand, you gotta have some kind of understanding, not only for what's going on, but have an understanding of where the other person is coming from. You gotta understand each other. It's not all about just your point, ladies. Oh, I'm sorry. My bad, I shouldn't have said that. Guys, it's not just about talking out or telling her what to do. Oh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that either. I know these things going on in relationship all day, every day, I hear it all the time. We need to have, we need to communicate and talk with each other. And then also number five was to understand each other. Remember this, people need to know that you buy into who they are before they listen to the solution of their problem. Let me say that again. People need to know that you buy into who they are before they listen to the solution to their problem. Number six, ability to encourage. You got to be an encourager. Oh my goodness. Ladies, th this is where for you, this is huge because what happens is Look, you can set a man, you can make a man feel like a million dollars or you can make him feel like nothing because you have a, a power of influence. You have a gift. You guys uh, are encouragers. You're nurturers by nature. Fellas, your woman, always remember this. This is for men and women. Men want to be admired. Women want to be inspired. Fellas, or ladies, I should say, your man wants to be admired by you. 
like when he look into your eyes and see that admiration, that's what sets him on fire. Fellas, your woman, when she gives you the admiration, that's because she's inspired by you. So you got to make sure you keep her inspired. And then that ability to encourage, that's on both sides. Hebrews 3.13 says, but exhort, which means encourage, one another daily, while it is called today. Ho! Let's stop, let's stop encouraging or exhorting people when they die or leave out of our life. Why don't we do it today? Let's exhort one another daily while it is today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Oh my goodness, let's keep going right there. That speaks for itself. Number seven, almost done. Ability to go through, you gotta have the ability to go through. James 1 and 12 says, blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. You got to know how to go through. Look, everything is not going to be all hunky-dory. It's not going to go smoothly all the time. So there's going to be challenges. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall feel the reap. We go all go through the valley in one shape or form. Even right now, through this coronavirus, through social distancing, through quarantine right now, we are all going through this global valley experience. So we got to know how to go through together. You got to go through well, suffer well. Number eight, the ability to change. You got to change, ladies and gentlemen. You go, we're changing constantly every day, but to change with a great attitude. Philippians 3, 12 through 14 says, not that I have already attained it or already uh, perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself as already apprehending it. But one thing I do, forgetting those things, forgetting those things, forgetting those things. I can't say that enough. Forgetting those things, forgetting those failures, forgetting those, the, the not only the successes, but failures, but also think about what's next. Forgetting those things that hurt your heart. Forgetting those things when you were jaded. Forgetting those things. Whew, I'm tired right there. But forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. We should be reaching ahead. Press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You got to be willing to change and you got to keep pressing. You got to leave those things behind. The things that work, take those with you. The things that didn't work, don't take those with you. Make the adjustment. And then always remember what's next. What are your thoughts? You can answer this question. In my comment section on This Is The Day Facebook page, on my Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Real Pastor Wade, that's W-A-I-D, and make sure you put hashtag This Is The Day. Ladies and gentlemen, as we close episode two of four of the 10 principles for a successful relationship, here's a final thought. It is important to maintain healthy relationships because whether you believe in God or not, your blessing is going to come through another person God blesses through people. This is why it's important to love your neighbor as yourself. Treat others as you want to be treated. Your destiny, whether you believe it or not, is dependent on the relationship you currently have or will make in the future. Practice and make these principles foundations for every relationship you create. Ladies and gentlemen, I pray you enjoyed our time together as much as I did. Thank you for tuning in to episode two of four 
of the 10 principles for a successful relationship. New episodes will be released every Thursday. A special thanks to I Am Music Group, Kevin Clayton for producing this show. Erica Duff for the artwork, the Flow Therapy Morning Show with Coco B and Frank Nitty on the Uncommon Gospel Network. Alex Teamer, AKA 18 for the baseline and my pastor, Warren Campbell and Lena Bird Miles for This Is The Day intro. Remember to subscribe to This Is The Day on whatever podcast platform you use. You can also follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Real Pastor Wade. That's W-A-I-D. And remember, post any subject titles you like discussed on This Is A Day Facebook page. Always remember, God believes in you, and so do I. Till next time, this is the day. This is always the day for breakthrough, victory, redemption. Thank you for tuning in. Remember to subscribe to This Is The Day with Pastor Wade on any podcast platform that you use. You can interact with Pastor Wade with questions, comments, or subject titles you would like discussed. You can follow Pastor Wade at Real Pastor Wade, that is Real Pastor W-A-I-D, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.